Patricia. He's going for goal again. Oh! As only Matthew Letizia can score goals like that. So, hello. Um, I'm very delighted to be able to say that I've got Matt Letizia, ex-England football star, uh, with me today to share his thoughts and his experiences of recent rather extraordinary times or with regard to specifically um, footballers and athletes and the reactions that they've been experiencing post uh, the vaccine. And um, I noticed, Matt, that you had come awry in a Daily Mail article recently. I'm just sort of looking at it on my screen here where they say, ex-England star Matt Letizia is blasted for sharing anti-vaccine conspiracy theories amid fears online propaganda is fueling footballers' COVID jab concerns. Um, and they're saying that um, we're putting lives at risk. Would you, what do you think of, of this comment written by Rory Tingle, his name is, the journalist? For the day. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know the guy. Um... Um, I wasn't contacted by the paper to uh, give uh, any comment to what they were going to write about me, which is normal journalistic practice, which uh, they bypassed. Um, and to suggest that, uh, that I'm putting people's lives at risk by, uh, by doing that is, is quite bizarre because we have actual real life evidence of people passing away because of the vaccine. One of the BBC's own journalists has passed away. Uh, directly because of the vaccine um, and yet they still will gleefully implore everybody to go and get a jab even though there is a possible side effect that is death uh, from the jab um, and yet those people are are seemingly the righteous ones who are you know upstanding members of the community uh, but they're encouraging people to take a shot that has a possible side effect of, of dying. So how that makes me the dangerous one, I'm not really quite sure. Yes, well, precisely, given the vaccine is still in trial until 2023. Indeed, which uh, a lot of people don't know. They don't know, they don't know. And uh, this is the most concerning thing. I mean, what um, they've cited here is Professor Keith Neal, who is an epidemiologist from University of Nottingham. And he says, um, People are, who are not vaccinated face a higher risk of serious disease and death. That is a fact. And I find that an interesting statement. I don't know what you would uh, say about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, the statistics from uh, the hospitals that are coming out about the, the people that are in there seem to suggest uh, that's not, not quite true. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of statistics, there's a lot of way of manipulating statistics, and there's a lot of tricks and a lot of deceits being played on, on the public using statistics. Well, um, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I think it's important to, uh, for people to actually do their own research on it uh, and not take as read that whatever you hear on the, on the mainstream news channels is actually the truth, because I think it's been proved many times uh, in the past that that's not always the case. Um, and so all I would implore people is to, is to do your own research, to dig a little bit deeper, to look at independent sources as opposed to uh, the media sources who are um, 
obviously funded by some say. some very very uh, uh, a lot of people who have got conflicts of interest in this whole scenario. So um, I think the I, I probably place my trust in independent journalists with uh, no conflicts of interest over the mainstream media who failed to declare their conflicts of interest. Yes, we had um, Richard Tice from the Reform Party at our COVID Conversations part two a few weeks ago. And his comment was, if you want to understand why people say things, follow the money. And I think if you look at somebody like Dr. Hilary Jones, who spends a lot of airtime in the BBC, if you look at his investment interests, he's invested in a company um, called Meditate, and it's partnered with something called Jivoden, and Bill Gates owns a large stake in that organization. So it all, you, you, you can find threads th running and the, the threads often point very much back to the same direction. I think going back to the concept of threads, if you look at Professor Keith Neal and the University of Nottingham, if you look at the University of Nottingham's benefactors, both GlaxoSmithKline Beecham and Pfizer are there. So, you know, my question, Matt, What's your vested interest in coming inflated <laughs> and you know um, losing your position with Sky Sports? I'd like to know. Where's yeah, it, it's it's very interesting, isn't it? That that people will take the word of people who are invested heavily in into the pharmaceutical companies uh, about the benefits of the pharmaceuticals, um, uh, and they'll take their word for it over people who have no vested interest but who speak out. From their heart because that's what their gut tells them and it's uh, their guts telling them that something's not quite right here mm. uh, and they lose their jobs uh, and they have no benefits there's no upside to me speaking out um, none whatsoever um, i have no conflicts of interest i have uh, no um, shares in pharmaceutical companies um, and um, it's quite bizarre that uh, you know just sticking your head above the parapet to say hang on a minute there's something not quite right here um, seems to uh, demonise you and, and uh, set the mainstream media on you and try to paint you as some kind of uh, strange, weird bloke um, when all my life, all I've done is played sport and tried to do my bit in the community and, and to help out, you know, a lot of people less fortunate than myself. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And going back to just that last bit on threads, um, the Daily Mail, one of the... Uh, non-exec directors for the Daily Mail up until 2004 was Klaus Schwab. And Klaus Schwab is the president of the World Economic Forum, as I am sure you are very well aware. <laughs> yes. Um, again, it is about joining dots and trying to get people to understand that these people are not removed from this situation. And I'm just going to read a, a quote that Schwab uh, put out right at the beginning of the pandemic, he said the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine and reset our world. And I think it's really kind of all there. Yeah, I, everything that they do is out in the open if you want to go look for it. Um, yeah. They're telling you they're telling you their plans. People just um, choose to ignore it. Uh, I mean, one of the one of the first things I did when we were put into lockdown last year um, and, and my gut just said hang on a minute something's not quite right I saw those videos from Wuhan where people just dropped down dead in the street I mean 
I haven't seen that anywhere else in the world. Um, but that, that's what all seemed to, to kick it off. And um, uh, and I thought, this isn't this this doesn't seem right to me. And I did a little bit of um, uh, searching around. Um, and uh, I kind of found my way onto the, the Bill and Melinda Gates um, Foundation website. Uh, and I just thought it'd be interesting to have a look at, at the companies that they've donated their money to. Um, and all the people, the main protagonists of, uh, of the people that were promoting the pandemic um, were all receiving money from this same foundation. And I found that a little bit odd. And that set me off on a, uh, on a trail of thought where it was just like, hang on a minute. There's, there's just something not quite right here. It's just all too much of a coincidence. Um, and sadly, uh, a lot of what I was reading about last year which were which people were at that time considering uh, conspiracy theories. Uh, a lot of those things that I read about uh, are all coming true, are all happening right across the world. Um, and if uh, if you don't think that there's something not quite right about this, then you haven't really given it enough thought. And indeed, I think the word conspiracy theory um, an anti-vaxxer have become extremely weaponized phrases. It's almost like if somebody can throw that at you, they don't need to continue or listen to another word that you say. It's like absolutely. They, they, they then they then shut down from hearing any evidence in, uh, that is contrary to their beliefs. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's interesting. I, I you know I, I was um, intrigued that there were so many behavioral scientists scientists on the. SAGE committee that was formed early on, um, because I thought if you're dealing with a pandemic, surely, you know, the, the first people that you should have on a committee of, of SAGE would be immunologists. <laughs> and, uh, it, and it was just like, hang on a minute, why is there so many of these people on there and not enough of the experts in epidemiology and, uh, and the stuff that actually matters? Um, yeah, all they seemed to be concerned about was manipulating people's uh, behavior. Um, uh, and that set alarm bells ringing in my head. Uh, I, I was labelled as an anti-vaxxer, despite it's quite bizarre. I've had pretty much every vaccination uh, uh, that any person could have had. Uh, this is the only one that I've chosen um, to wait to have because I didn't, I just thought something was not quite right. Um, uh, and so I, I've chosen not to have it at this stage um and given what's happening um i i don't see any reason why i i should take it um i'm a reasonably healthy 53 year old male um and i, I don't think there's any benefits to me taking it i think in fact um the the risks outweigh the benefits for me and, and so i've decided well, that's what I'm going to do. Um, now, in a normal, sane democracy, that wouldn't be a controversial opinion, but apparently that, that makes me an anti-vaxxer uh, and uh, a, an absolute fruit loop for, for not succumbing to the groupthink of everybody needs to uh, take this vaccine for the, for the good of, for the greater good, which is, again, a phrase that makes my skin crawl, quite frankly. Absolutely. And I think when you look now at the number of booster shots they're indicating that you're going to need as they realize the efficacy of the original vaccines is actually nigh on gone. Um, I heard the CEO of Biotech earlier announcing 
that for the new Omicron variant, which many scientists are suggesting is extremely mild, he's saying that you will need three doses of vaccine for Omicron. So that's your two vaccines, your booster, and now he's suggesting three more. So I think at some point people are going to have to take a view on whether they want to continue going down this rabbit hole because the mm. other that they are not spotting, but it's already happening in countries like Israel, is the fact that their vaccine passports are being removed if they aren't up with the latest booster. You know, so this is a concern yeah. for footballers, for example, for all the traveling that they have to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it is something that was um, that I've read about uh, last year that, that this is what they were going to try to do. Uh, and that the vaccines would be ongoing um, and there would be no end to it. Um, and uh, unfortunately, it's coming true, but I, I, I'm quite surprised that that people actually listen to the head of BioNTech, who's obviously <laughs> uh, has a vested interest in all of this, uh, telling everybody, um, you know, the only way you can get out of it is by basically giving, giving me and my company more money. Um, exactly. And it's just bizarre that these people are even given the airtime this should be something that's done um by uh, uh, tested by scientifically minded people who have no direct link to biontech they should be able to put their product out there and have it tested by somebody who is uh, not linked to everything you can't have the head of biontech coming out and going oh this is what you need here's all our here's all our vaccines and and this is the only thing that's going to get you out of it how that's, extraordinary that's they've already found a vaccine to sort Omicron out, given Omicron has only just arrived. That's like the fastest bit of scientific research known to mankind, isn't it? Actually, when you think this about is, it. Yeah, this is the other thing that, that people don't understand is that, um, and the one thing that I um, thought about when uh, the vaccines were first uh, rolled out is that they've done this in under a year. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, well, hang on a minute. To 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 test the long-term safety of any vaccine in the past, you would need probably I don't know between five and ten years uh, of research to be able to give some kind of evidence as to as to if this is going to damage people. Uh, and yet they've they've rolled it out in a year and gone, yes, but that's because we had loads of money thrown at us and loads of scientists have all worked on the same thing. That's fine. And I understand that, but the one thing you can't do is you cannot condense 10 years of safety <laughs> levels of, of monitoring the safety levels into a few months. It's impossible. You cannot do that. No. And that for me is a big red flag. Well, the, the, the world is the experiment. And I think this is the, the, the bit that people really need to comprehend. And I think Going back to the original um, article, your Daily Mail article with the, the doctor, um, Keith Neal, or Professor Keith Neal, talking about how people were at much greater risk of falling sick, seriously sick from COVID than being injured from the vaccine. And then I take it back to the idea of the footballers. And I'm thinking, well, hold on, or any young athlete at the prime of their fitness, and their youth, I can't think of a, a, a more um, unlikely 
group of people to suffer from serious COVID. Yet, if you look at the number of um, young people who have been damaged, we, well, that we see, um, I'm just looking at the actual numbers, I've got them sitting here. It was an incredible number of um, sports people. When did you first hear about um, a footballer or an athlete falling over or collapsing on the field? Um, I, I don't think in, in my entire 16 years of professional football I, I ever experienced being on the same pitch as anybody that had to. Um, I, I can, off the top of my head, there have been a couple of high-profile incidents with Fabrice Mwamba, uh, with Mark Vivian Foe, um, but I think both of those were after I retired. I'm pretty sure during my career, I, I don't recall uh, anybody that I played alongside or, or against um, collapsing with, with this type of thing. It's, it's just bizarre. And for, for the guy from Nottingham University to come out with such a sweeping statement, Mm. Um, just shows the, the the lack of scientific thought behind it because there are different risks for different age groups of people and for him to come out and just say oh everybody is that's it's not true you know it simply isn't true children are, are not at risk uh, of this disease healthy children are not at risk of this disease at all no. um, and healthy for, athletes it's 99.8% likelihood of perfect recovery well, you know, I mean, this is the this is the whole thing that really kind of frustrates me a little bit about everything is that um, th there's very little in the way of uh, reasoned debate going on. Um, you know, there is only one narrative and you're only allowed on the television uh, to speak if you are speaking in favour of the narrative. Yes. Um, and I don't think that's a healthy place for a democracy to be in. That's not how we progress as a society. Well, I think what is interesting about the um, going back to the footballers and the fact they are collapsing on a pitch in front of people, it's very difficult for them to ignore or deny these events. In fact, that's why we need to have our eyes firmly fixed on these particular events, because they're being reported almost every week. There is somebody collapsing. So yep. the, the numbers that I was looking for a little bit earlier, 609, sorry, 293 Catholic athletes have had cardiac arrests, serious issues, 167 dead after the COVID vaccine rollouts. Now, you know, there's coincidence and then there is correlation. And this yeah. is where people need to start looking. So the average number of people or or, or footballers who died on the pitch between 2009 and 2020 per year, 7.9, so eight people. This year, so far, 22. So Office of National Statistics for the week for, uh, 46, which was um, in November, second week in November, there was a 17% increase in ex excess mortality in the UK unexplained, undefined excess mortality. So I think, you know, what, what the footballers are, it's almost like they're a visible tip of the iceberg. You know, athletes, they ask so much of their hearts all the time, they're pushing their hearts. So, yeah. so when, when the day that comes when their heart can't, can't cope, it's gonna happen, but it's gonna happen sooner than it is 
for an average person who might spend a lot of their time sitting behind a desk. You know, that, that event might take that bit longer. So I think, you know, we, the alarm bells are, 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 are really ringing here. And there's a, a doctor called Dr. Stephen Gundry, and he, um, he wrote recently in the American Heart Association paper, um, and he, he gave a speech in Boston in November, and he was saying that the mRNA vaccines more than double the five-year chance of suffering a heart attack. Wow. So that is a, a huge, these are huge statistics. These aren't things that you can lift the carpet and sweep underneath. No, I think that, that's very true. But the, the problem with that is that um, these papers will never get any coverage. Mm. So most people in the world will not know about that. No, they no. will not bother to go and find out. They will just turn on their television uh, and they will just hear um, what the what the agenda is coming out of the television and that is um that is one of the biggest problems is that people kind of don't want to want to really know they, they just take it as read that what comes through the television is a is the truth and unfortunately um i know that to be very different yes it's almost like uh, they're happier to be wrong but in the majority and i think what what happens when you when you simply follow a rather narrow narrative with the mainstream media, um, you, you, trust, you trust them with everything. I, I, I was struck a few months ago, I had um, a client come in to see me, I teach Pilates, and I've known her for years. She's a very intelligent woman who actually used to work for the NHS. And she was very bothered by, you know, what I had been putting out and sharing as information. And she, she, she really was in a terrible state about it. And um, I started sharing with her some facts and, and some information. And she said, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I cannot argue with you. You know too much. I haven't done as much reading as you have. And I thought, well, what an extraordinary statement to come out with. Wow. People actually do know, but they, it's too big. Yes, it's too big for them to address. But so the question is, at some point, or are, are they going to? Because if they don't, it, it, things aren't just going to magically go back to normal. I think we can no. see this now. It's almost like a skeletric set, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is indeed. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is a never-ending cycle um, of of they'll just create a, a variant whenever they need to, whenever they want to impose laws and. Um, I think it was Jordan Peterson who, who, who did an interesting interview a few years back uh, before all this had started uh, when they were talking about uh, tyrannical governments and he said it, it doesn't happen overnight it happens in very very small increments uh, and that is exactly what you're doing and if, if um, people don't understand uh, the uh, the boiling of the ethical frog um, and I think if people did understand that they'd probably be able to see a lot better what is going on right now yes absolutely but you can't i think that what i found out what i've noticed is you can't you can't actually tell people no. you can't have conversations with people who are who have bought into the narrative you can't give them any facts that are going to make them change their mind the only way they can change their mind is if they do the looking themselves mm -hmm. so it's about i think for me it's about encouraging people to to go and look at 
different um, different aspects of where their news is coming from, um, you know, and following uh, some of the scientists that have been censored. That's the other thing that's really creepy for me is is scientists who are Nobel Prize winners um, who have just been completely obliterated by the cancel culture uh, had social media uh, accounts frozen because they dared to tell the truth um, and you know and even if they weren't telling the truth this this is this is for me one of the one of the the big things even if they weren't telling the truth everybody is allowed to have an opinion and who do we trust with the facts um, and this is another thing that, that led me to the, the, the rise of the fact checker in the last few years. Uh, and all of a sudden, all these people are coming out and going, I'm a fact checker. Yeah. And, I, and I, it was a bit tongue in cheek, about, about seven or eight, it might have been about a year ago, uh, I, I just put a tweet out that said, who fact checks the fact checkers? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, because where does it stop? And how do you appoint yourself the arbiter of the truth? And who is, and when you look into it and you look into a lot of those fact checkers, guess who funds quite a lot of the fact checkers? Oh, yes, that damn pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> Would you believe it? Johnson follow, Johnson. follow the money. Yeah, I think Johnson Johnson fund the Facebook fact checkers. It's just incredible, it really is. And, yeah. uh, you know, if, if you know, you know, and if you don't, you, you just go along with it. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, it's an interesting time to be alive anywhere. It's an interesting time to be alive in a small community like Guernsey, because I feel that Guernsey is in a rather unique position to be able to spot things faster. Yes. For dots to be joined more quickly. And that's why, you know, we're making such a concerted effort here with you know bringing the narrative uh, the alternative I don't even like using the word alternative but the the larger narrative to the population with these um, public presentations uh, which we've been having I mean it was interesting COVID conversations too they actually banned us from having it at the Performing Arts Centre here I don't think in the whole history of time they've ever censored and banned an event from taking place but because it was a state-owned wow. building and we were saying things which they believed were not um, in line with the public health narrative we weren't allowed to to present and we had on the panel Dr Ros Jones who's one of the top UK paediatricians um, who came along with her husband who is the retired president of the BMA she spoke, she spoke about um, childhood vaccines, myocarditis, the damage that's being seen. Um, we then had uh, Richard Tice from the Reform UK party, because I don't know if you've seen any of Richard's footage, but you know, he even went up in a helicopter at one point and took film footage of miles and miles and hundreds of thousands of people out protesting on the streets of London, which as you know, you know, these protests have been going on every single weekend all over the world. Why have, why have we not seen these sorts of extraordinary marches on our television screens? That mm -hmm. in itself 
let alone anything else, should tell people there's something wrong. Absolutely, absolutely. But we these these people, you know, give of their time, just as you're here giving us your time with this interview. Um, they give off their time. Uh, Nick Hudson from Panda was the other uh, presenter that we had yep. to talk. Um, we had questions come in from the community. You know, the audience uh, gave some really excellent questions to the panel. And one of the questions that really sort of echoed in my head is it was a 16 year old girl and she, she had the microphone and she looked, looked at uh, Nick Hudson on the screen. She said, what can we do? You know, we're, we're, it's just, you know, it's just me. What can I do? And he said, he, very simply, he said, you're not alone. And I think that is why we're here having this chat. This is why I'm doing all of this work. This is why you're speaking out, because we're not just two people. No. There are millions of people who are awake and looking. Once your eyes are open, you can't close them again. <laughs> That's very true, I found that out. Unfortunately, <laughs> although maybe sometimes it would be quite nice. nice. Yeah, <laughs> I think sometimes. It certainly get us into an awful lot less trouble, wouldn't it? You know, if we just- That's very true. That's you didn't very say true. anything. But the point is, we're not alone. And, and I can't remember what percentage it is of the population they say needs to wake up to this before the narrative collapses but it's not a huge number is no it? it's about three percent there you go yeah 3%. so in the uk that would be about two million people yeah it's an incredible fact that the majority of people have been literally um almost like we've been cryogenically frozen for the last two years in our lives we've been prevented from seeing families, we've been prevented from earning money, we, and we've been prevented from functioning. We've got to the point where most of us don't even know which way around we are. No, and that's, I think, all part of the plan, um, because if you, if you confuse people enough and you scare them enough, they'll, they'll succumb in the end. Um, and I think there, there has been uh, a, a, and the behavioural scientists on that, on that committee tell me this is true, um, that there has been a, a mass hypnosis uh, of the population. Um, however, uh, I believe that, that most scientists think that there's about 25 or 30% of people that are um, not able to be hypnotized. Yeah. Um, there's about the same amount that are, and then the, the rest uh, of the people in the middle are the ones that, that follow the herd. Indeed. Uh, and, and that's the, the scientific theory behind it. And at the moment, um, the 40% of the people that are in the middle are tending to follow more the, uh, the people that have been hypnotised and not really listening to the ones that are, uh, are awake and aware of what's actually going on. We hope that um, that changes its direction very soon. Well, I, I think there are, there are signs of it uh, happening. I mean, I, I play golf with um, three good friends of mine uh, who... 12 months ago, all thought that I was a raving lunatic and I was a proper conspiracy theorist. Um, and now, a couple of weeks ago, uh, two out of the three of them uh, have actually said to me, I'm really sorry about last year. Um, you were right. Yes. Uh, so, you know, that gives me a little bit of hope um, that, that more and more people are uh, 
starting to question what's going on. Um, and, you know, if it, if it doesn't make sense, don't follow the rules. If it doesn't make sense to you, it's because all you're doing is encouraging them to continue to make more and more ridiculous laws and rules that make no sense whatsoever. Um, and I think the only way uh, out, of, out of the trouble that we're in at the moment um, is with um, civil disobedience. Um, quite frankly, non-violent, um, but civil disobedience. People need to say no. It's they need to say no. Absolutely, they do because um, I don't want to live in a world where um, my government will track my movements twenty-four hours a day and track every financial transaction that I make. Um, because once you have that in place, um, it doesn't take a genius to work out what the implications of a system like that are. No. Yes, exactly. It really doesn't. It's it's a a very very scary place um, if you're in a situation where you can't do anything um, without your government knowing about it, um, uh, and that for me is not uh, a free and liberal democracy, um, and I I don't wish to live in a world like that, and that's why I'm speaking out. And, you know, full respect to yourself. And you're not alone in the sports world. I know that Djokovic is um, speaking out. Yep. I know Pat Cash, both tennis, I understand. But, you know, they've been very vocal in um, their feelings as, as you know, they, they speak very much the same tune as yourself. And, you know, we need people like yourselves in the public domain that people know and respect to um, speak their truth. And, you know, for that, I commend you and thank you. No problem at all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure uh, the people of Guernsey will value listening to your views. And I really, really hope that we can start making a difference to help people perceive what's going on in the world right now. Yeah, well, let's hope so. I think, I think if there, if there's one key message that I would that I would want to put across to people, it is just to to actually dive a little below the surface of the mainstream media and see what's actually going on. Mm. Um, I, I'm not saying listen to me and believe every word I say. What I'm saying is go and have a look for yourself, see both sides of the story and then make up your own mind what your gut tells you is the right thing. Exactly. Well, Matt, thank you very much for your time and thank you for your words and thank you for your continued honesty and truth saying. And Thank you, Laura. It will make the difference in the end for that, I know. Let's hope so. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Something happened to one of the referees. He collapsed. He collapsed. On the, on the second shot, in Antigua a few days ago. We have a player down. There was a study done on, you know, like um, professional soccer players or having to be taken out of a game due to cardiac problems. You know, so somebody ran an analysis and they found out that in four months after vaccination ro rolled out, there are more events like this than in 20 years. Now, you can't say that's an underreporting factor or, you know, it's overreported or underreported. It has nothing to do with reporting. It's fully reported. It is in plain sight. There's no way to gain those numbers. So what's the explanation for? Hey, after the vaccines rolled out, why are these, why are these players dropping like flies on the field when that didn't happen before? Worldwide.
worldwide. How is that happening? Oh, well, nobody really knows. Come on, nobody knows? It's so obvious. It, you know, so what's going to happen? It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be, you know, you're seeing your news anchor drop in the middle of a newscast and I'll say, oh, you know, he just had a heart attack. And it will take a long time for people to get through the cognitive dissonance that, yeah, this is happening because the vaccines and your leaders have misled you. Because it's a hard pill for people to swallow that it was not only the FDA and the CDC and the NIH who lied to you, it's also U.S. Congress lied to you. It's also the mainstream media lied to you. And it's also the medical community lied to you. Then being dealing with the cardiologist, she's also informed me I've got some scarring at the heart and they've directly linked it to the vaccine. And also my partner has de developed myocarditis. We're both fit, we both train a lot, so it's very shocking. Um, and honestly, I just want every young guy out there to know, like if you are training and you, you're getting vaccinated, stop training. The limit to shut down a program is about 25 to 50 deaths. It will go down in the history of malfeasance, wrongdoing by those of authority. In six months, more people have died from this vaccine than in 20 years of every single vaccine given in America. Let that sink in. In six months.